Friday morning. Welcome to Two Coffees Friday morning, Friday afternoon. I'm recording this at 12.02 p.m., so Friday afternoon. Pardon me for waiting a second or two or an hour or three or four, depending on what time you expect this to be into your inbox. It is Two Coffees. I'm your boy, the Zeus. My son is exactly one week old, one week and three hours to be exact, as it is 12.03 p.m. as I look at the clock. Um... An incredible week, an, an incredible week. Lots of, lots of tears, lots of uh, feedings, lots of uh, questioning, lots of everything, and lots of Blue Jays baseball as well. I am feeling the love. Thank you, everybody, um, for some incredible messages and love and support, and uh, especially the likes on the people on the Instagram. People loving the Instagram photos. If you are uh, in the inner circle, in the in the close friends green group that I put out earlier, um, getting plenty of baby photos, basically three to four to five a day. It has been an absolute pleasure and an absolute joy. I'm able to sneak downstairs for a little bit of conversation here as my wife uh, feeds our child upstairs uh, while listening to some music and relaxing, getting the old breath latching down, uh, a miracle to witness and a miracle to watch. And the physical transformation is not one that I take lightly. So appreciating and loving all the messages and support at this time. Let's get down to business, talk about what we are here to talk about. Your Toronto Blue Jays, a great week of games, a series against the Boston Red Sox that went on midweek. I had a great time. Um, Rymel Tapia on the on the, on the the good foot. Um, incredible, incredible. Rymel Tapia, top of the lineup, more like. Hitting home runs. I'm sure it off, Rymel Tapia hitting a home run. Jumping all over. Uh, an offering and putting it in, into the right field stands off Nick Pavetta. Very, very, very good. Um, lots of takeaways from this series. The pitching looking pretty excellent. Um, some some duck and dive from Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, some, this is the design from Jose Barrios, who gets a little bit of... He, he gives up hits is the thing, right? On uh, In game two... That bottom of the first, 100-mile-an-hour exit velocities all over the place. Only give up one run, but did settle in. Um, give up runners in each inning that he pitched, but managed to just allow one run. 11 left on base for the Red Sox, and Trevor Richards coming in and shutting it down uh, after Meza put a couple on. A nice little hit parade in that one as Bo Bichette. A, a bit of a tiny bounce-back series from Bo Bichette. Sort of hits all over the place, still not... You know, the plus power guy um, doing a little bit with opposite field singles and opposite field grounders, but getting it done, getting on base, um, that kind of stuff. In game one, it was Yusei Kikuchi throwing what I would call the scariest looking two-hitter I've ever seen in my life. Walked the first two batters, I think five straight balls. I think eight of the first nine pitches were balls, but really did settle in. Um, Looking good with that fastball. I think we talked before the season on here uh, a little bit, and the Kikuchi scouting report is a guy that... You know, has a, a a big variety of pitch mix. Likes to throw slider, likes to throw cutter. Um, and when is in trouble, he is leaving those things, the slider and the cutter, over the middle of the plate. What we have heard from Pete Walker and from that pitching staff is they are trying to get Kikuchi to around sixty percent fastball usage, and he was at fifty eight percent in this one. And I mean, had a pretty effective outing. He looked like a goalie out there making butterfly saves. I think. I think made four or five defensive plays um, in the field. It was a 2-1 loss, a pair of errors from Bo Bichette, a bad throw, 
that was pretty costly. A Zach Collins home run, which we love to see. Collins crew crush, crush Collins on the job, hitting cleanup, hitting in the middle of the lineup. Um, very happy to see. It shouldn't surprise you if you're a fan of this show or if you're a fan of me that I would spend most of my time talking about Zach Collins and Ryan Altapia. I am addicted to the fringe guys, to the 28th, 27th man, to the 4th, 5th outfielders, to the 3rd catchers. Um, you'll remember, you know, before Alejandro Kirk was the everyday guy, he was the guy I was pining for when it was the McGuire Jansen triumvirate, and now it is Zach Collins in that place as Kirk has graduated to everyday guy who is um, coming through it. He was a little bit of struggle off early in the year, but he is still walking more than he strikes out. He did have a couple infield singles somehow. Um... A turnaround from Alejandro Kirk. I think I think Kirk trending up. I think Bichette trending up. I think Espinal trending down. I think for all the talk of bulked up uh, Santiago Espinal, who is hitting the ball 106 miles an hour and, and picking up steam and stealing that second base job. Numbers, pretty much what you expect from him. Not uh, obviously, you know, 100 at-bats before you even say anything, but I don't know that the Santiago Espinal is, uh, you know, I have spent fucking four days thinking about the suggestion from Jake that he should be a top-of-the-lineup guy. I do not agree with that at all, and I think the numbers are going to bear that out. I think he's a 70-ish to 80-ish WRC-plus guy. I know he was above that last year. I think a bit of that was a pretty darn high BABIP. I think he BABIPed like 350 last year, so I don't expect that to be uh, forever. But, you know, for the guy who was, oh, the power is way up. The exit velocities are way up. The isolated power is not higher than it was last year. So maybe we pump the brakes a little bit on the Santiago Espinal has solved all the problems at second base thing. But a good defender, and they played some pretty darn good defense in this series. Uh, Bo in game one, uh, exempt. It was yesterday's game, the Thursday game, the afternooner. Kevin Gosman, talk about a guy that you are happy to see. Robbie Ray vibes all over the place. Um, you know, the advertised package that we talked about he had his first two starts, and we talked about in preseason, and we talked about in our first look at him in the spring was obviously the splitter is A++, one of the best pitches in all of baseball last year. The fastball not far behind. That mix really doing a great job of getting him through a ton of at-bats, a lot of three-pitch strike, three pitch strikeouts, pardon me. I think Pat Tadler pointed out on the broadcast that he had like 80-plus three-pitch strikeouts since 2020. But the slider, seeing the slider thrown down and away to righties, really effective, really fun. Uh, a third-plus pitch really going a long way in, I think, rounding out his arsenal and making him really, really dangerous. I don't, You don't you don't want him to over-rely on that to, to get too pitch mixy, but I think with the way that he's throwing that splitter and the way that he's throwing that fastball, uh, a ton of use in that one. In that game, we had uh, we had Bogan eat that again with a sack fly, or pardon me, an RBI, a sack fly from Vlad, an outfield assist from Ryan Altapia. Talk about everything you know is wrong about Ryan Altapia. Hits a home run and has an outfield assist in the same series. Uh, life is crazy. Things are going nuts. Um, but yeah, eight Ks, eight innings from Gosman, gets into the ninth, allows one base runner and is taken out. That would come around and be an earned run against him as Jordan Romano, a bit of a scare, gave up two runs, one of them inherited. Um, and some sharp contact on the outs he did get. That's back-to-back appearances, as our, our friend Jonah Bierenbaum pointed out, without a strikeout, which is pretty rare for him. Still getting the swing and miss on the, on the slider, but the numbers aren't as eye-popping as they were last year. He continues to rack up the saves and continues to rack up the good appearances, so something to keep an eye on, not something that I would say is worth freaking out about, but it definitely is something to keep your eye on and consider. The real... 
hilarious thing of this is is Matt Chapman's, I'm going to call it an RBI single. That's what the, technically it is called by the scorers. Uh, pops the ball straight up, hits it, hits it about 40 feet in front of the plate. Uh, we get a little triangle of death between the catcher, the pitcher, and the first baseman. It falls in. There's two outs, so everybody's going on contact. Vladdy scores from second. Uh, it ends up coming around and being the winning run after the two runs come in in the ninth. All in all, a gutsy series win is sort of how I categorize this. Um, you know, the offense still not firing on the cylinders we expect. I think the lack of Teoscar has allowed them to really, nobody is pitching to Vlad right now. He is getting absolutely nothing to hit. It is almost hilarious to see how careful they're being with him. He is getting a little upset with some called strikes then on the edges of the zone, but I don't have any cause for concern there. He gets he gets a little trigger happy when he knows he wants to hit. He wants to be a difference maker. And, of course, his his father, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., probably the best bad ball hitter in the history of baseball. But he's a guy that has the luxury of being able to be patient, being able to wait for things to come into his happy zone. And I don't have any doubt that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be crushing pitches when they come back to him and are forced to throw to him a little bit, whether it be with runners on, when Bo gets a little more... Uh, evened out with his numbers, or Springer continues to p- to play, um, I think that'll be fine, especially as he gets protection behind him. Maybe you want to move him up to second in the lineup. I've heard a lot of that. I don't hate it. Uh, again, you know me, pretty agnostic about lineup configurations. I think whatever lets Vlad be the best hitter in the league is, is where he should be hitting. Um, but all in all, no concerns there. Not really concerned about Bo. Yes, he has not, you know, drawn a walk yet. But... Birds fly, fish swim, Bobichet is aggressive at the plate. That's that's how it works. Um, there are some things to look at and go, ooh, doesn't quite look quite right. Kevin Biggio, uh, not what you want right now. Bradley Zimmer, probably not what you want right now. Obviously, we're talking about a fifth outfielder who is there for speed and defense, but um, the, as advertised, the package, low contact, lots of swing and miss. Um, apparently, there's pop there, but I have, he hasn't made enough contact for that to be a thing. Uh, he's fringy. He's going to be fringy. He's going to be the guy that I think when you're looking at this later on in this year, or later on, maybe even in this month, is he a guy that gets the DFA? Is he the guy that gets clipped off when things, uh, when it becomes nut crunch time and you got to decide to send somebody down? Uh, obviously, Tyler Heineman is going to be the first one to go. Three catcher thing. I don't think Heineman is going to be all that useful, especially as Collins continues to be enough of a I don't think Collins is going to hit you know 320 all year long but he's going to be enough of a contributor I think to stick and I think Heineman probably goes the ease the other way a good series as I said from Tapia a good series from Collins who is indispensable right now Zach Collins um and a good series win games two and three both both pretty decent um still waiting for the offense to, to really catch up to where the where everything else has been, but liking in the bullpen. Jimmy Garcia continues to be very good. He uh, continued to see a lot of good things. Uh, Mazley got into a bit of trouble, but 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 weaseled out of it. Trevor Richards, I think, helped out there quite a bit. Julian Merriweather in the 6-1 game came in and pitched a clean inning. So lots to like, lots to get into in that end. And uh, just nice to have a series win in Boston. We saw last year, you know, they had that big... Four game set where they outscored them by a ton and ended up it being a split. And I remember that being like sticking in my head as a real, like, I can't believe that is the way that went down. I think this week, a nice sort of flip side of that where I don't even think they played particularly well, but get out of there with two of three if they can continue to do that. And they have not lost a series yet. Uh, all things feeling good. It is Jays and Astros this weekend. 
always a tough test, always lots uh, on the line, not on the line, but always, uh, you know, when you're up against the Houston Astros, uh, you are in tough. It's a tough lineup. It always has been. You're going to get Verlander in this series. Game one tonight, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Stripling against Verlander. Strip has been pretty good, but this is not an easy lineup to dink and dunk your way through. Saturday, this here's a heck of a game at 4, 10 p.m. Alec Manoa and Jose uh, Urquidy. And then Sunday, Kikuchi and Garcia in the finale, 2.10 p.m. at Minute Maid Park. That is a fun slate of weekend games. Going to enjoy that as I lay on the couch with my son uh, in the bassinet or in the mamaru or uh, feeding upstairs. Who knows where I'm going to be my brain. Slowly but surely turning into pudding. Uh, that is the way she goes. But it has been an incredible journey, as I said, and tons of fun to be able to have baseball on with this and 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 the sights and sounds obviously my son has not developed object permanence he has not developed uh i don't even know if he's developed thought he just sort of is a pile of goo but he gets the baseball sounds in his ears and that makes me happy as a father so uh that is it for two coffees this week no clip to play you from the patreon just yet didn't get one out this week because things have been crazy going to edit the Ruben video this weekend, though. So if you are a Patreon sub, that is on the way this weekend. And then we are going to record more Jays of Our Lives and the mailbag over the weekend as Jake is available. And he is recovered from COVID-19. And I have had some sense of balance in the absolute chaos that is having my son enter the world. He had his first checkup. We got, we got the first checkups out of the way. We have the second week of appointments scheduled so uh, some of the chaos has a little bit uh, calmed out, and that can allow us to get back to the regularly scheduled programming here on Less Than Jays and on the Less Than Jays Patreon. If you're not already signed up, patreon.com slash less than Jays. $3 tier gets you episodes early and no ads. The $5 tier gets you no ads, early episodes, and our Monday shows are extended. They, you get, I think this week's episode was an hour and a half. I did like 25 minutes on detailing every moment of my son's birth plus you get extra mailbag questions in the mailbag section of the show and the nine dollar tier gets you all of that above plus at mailbags plus uh you get the extra show jays of our lives plus 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 anything else that comes out you will get that we appreciate your love and support i appreciate all the wonderful messages it has been an absolute pleasure and absolute delight to be able to share my son with this community Thank you so much. Uh, we will talk to you again on Monday night. If you're on the Patreon, it'll come out Tuesday morning. If you are a public consumer, really, really appreciate it. That is it this week for Two Coffees. Thank you so much for listening to Less Than Jays.